Welcome back to Beyond the Sectors, your bi-monthly podcast all about the writing world of author duo Kit Roca. My name is Chelsea. And I'm Anna. And today, friends, we are here to do our last episode probably for a little bit. We are here to talk about these short stories, High Priestess, Girls Night Out, and Gia. We want to start this episode by sending all the love in the world to Donna and her family and to Brie and their family as they go through uh, what is bound to be a little bit of uh, some tough times coming up ahead. So we send them all of our good wishes and positive vibes and prayers and stuff. So if you have extras to send along to them, we sure would appreciate it. But let's go ahead. We'll dive right into the actual material. We're going to start with High Priestess, which was a story I was so thrilled to see was coming up on the Patreon and was looking forward to for so long. This is Dell's story. Absolutely. It's Dell's story and it shows us so much more about the world and brings us back to some of our favorite characters too, because we have um, guest starring Maddox and um, uh, Yoti. So yeah. I loved it. I thought that I was interested to see which way Brie and Donna were going to go with it because I think that there's a lot to Dell's story that can like potentially be explored but so much of the way that she communicates is still in art and is in tattooing and is in this portraiture so not only does it do a really good job like kind of shining more light on Dell's background I thought it was really nice that we get to see Mad have his moment and Mad get this really deep moment of like healing and emotional kind of closure that Dell is able to like give to him through this painting of or this repainting basically of his mother alongside this new painting of his father. Yeah, I really love that that's the center of the story. You know, like I expected it to be about Dell. And it is about Dell. But it's really about the faith and um, this world that um sometimes draws people in a particular way and boxes them up so they're safe. Mm -hmm. And um, the power of, you know, rewriting that story. Um, Instead of having her be the solitary saint, now they're going to be together in this painting. And how powerful that is going to be for Maddox, but not just for Maddox. It's going to be powerful for Ivan and Maricela and a lot of people in that community. And it is Del's commitment to sort of finding and being true to somebody's realness, not the sanitized version that brings that about. And then we get to find out why she cares about that kind of stuff, why she why she cares about um, authenticity as somebody who's grown up the daughter of an orchid. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that's a really important factor that we get more information over that we kind of, you know, explore how the ramifications of that will play out now that she's no longer in, you know, Orchid House, she's no longer in that sector. She's operating in this completely new kind of religious world. And I think the part of the story that I love the most and that's so beautiful to me is that it's a story about essentially like how we remember people and the versions of people that we choose to remember and how soon that can become the only version Mm -hmm. of a person that we remember. Mm -hmm. And so we can solidify them or, or stagnate them or like you said, box them in through a loving memory, but one that just becomes a dominant narrative. And so seeing Mad kind of go through and explain why he's always had such a problem with the pictures of his mom and why that's been such kind of a disconnect for him. And then to see that moment where he sees the version of his mother that he remembers Mm -hmm. and that so many people in the sector 
remember and it is doing her justice and it's not discounting the first version but it's also making it a whole picture and it's Mm -hmm. providing this kind of other side of the coin and so it's a really interesting facet of sector one and as we've already talked about kind of at length over the three books is this kind of you know push and pull in this culture that's already so rooted in death and the celebration of life and the acknowledgement of death but also in memorial and Mm -hmm. how we memorialize people and who gets remembered and how they get remembered and so all of that really distills down in this story and yeah like you said it's Dell's story but Dell is so much a part of sector one that it's also completely sector one's Mm -hmm. story Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, you know i was so moved by her commitment to what she does and um hearing her story how she ended up in the position she is because she's so young she's an outsider and how somebody recognized that she had the gift for this and a place for this and how she sort of pays that forward by nurturing the talent and care of of young people people who are misfits in a way, right? I love that, right? Like we love those kind of den mothers or den fathers. It felt almost kind of reminiscent. I mean, we've seen lots of examples of this, but um, the the man who took in Cruz and mm-hmm. Bren in mm-hmm. the city, Cooper? Coop, Coop. is that? Yeah. Yeah, Coop. Um, you know, just like you said, almost that kind of like adoption of, or really that that looking out for and that ability to spot those misfits that particularly need a kind like a certain kind of home you know Mm -hmm. or like need like a specific kind of outlet or a specific form of community or expression that they're already not getting on top of just like the familial Mm -hmm. bonds and Mm -hmm. the support that comes with that social network so Dell has a lot of that and I think that that is part of what also makes her this kind of like mythically and almost mystically great artists like that kind of attention to detail and ability to read people is what makes her art and her tattoos so prophetic or Mm -hmm. so deeply reflective of the people she's working on that they feel that it's prophetic right right yeah so it you know it was it was neat to read but it made me just hungry for more Dell. like I can't wait to read more stories where we get a little bit more pieces of her because I think it just makes her even that more interesting I'm like so I, I want to see more about her more about what makes her tick because it's one of those sometimes you read a story and you're like well that was all I needed to know but no this is this is I, I think it just gave more facets of how impactful she can be on people and you know just peeks behind the curtain of priesthood I think of the scene where she's putting on this very heavy outfit to go out in the sun so she's somebody like Gideon who has to carry this weight um Mm -hmm. for the sake of uh the faith and um you know that has downsides so I think you know this is somebody who will be a great ally to Gideon for many many years and I just want her to have her happy too right that's what we're always wanting to see right I mean I would not be mad if we got a full Dell book even if it's just a whole book of Dell short stories there's so much (laughs) there and she's so reflective of so much but yeah there's just she operates in these dual worlds Mm -hmm. and her history gives her this ability to kind of of exist along blurred boundaries where kind of different identities cross and overlap and that puts her at such an interesting place in relation to all of the people that she works or lives in his family with some of whom are more rigid and some Mm -hmm. of whom are less Mm -hmm. and so in kind of that fluidity and so I would love that more please always more (laughs) (laughs) um 
But I think that about yeah, I think that I think that covers Stell. But we can say thank you, thank you for giving us that story. Uh, Absolutely, which means that should we go ahead? Are we gonna do fight night? Uh, it's called it's it's girls' night out. It's also an after Ivan story, and this time it's Nita, Grace, and a few others crossing over. Or Laurel and Anna and Avery all going over to. Um, Sector four to scope out some possible bachelorette locations for Maricela's uh, big night. And they decide to scout out um, fight night at uh, the O'Kane's with sort of predictable results. But it's a very, very fun story. It is a super fun story. This is like maybe it's a very tropey story. Mm-hmm. And that like this is maybe one of the stories we read from Kit Roka that felt the most like a fan fiction story to me, which is basically where like gather all your favorite characters, put them in a place <laughs> where all of their different versions of like their id can come true. Mm-hmm. And then they literally just like, you know, pan and scan kind of follow them throughout the night as they each have their different adventures. Some are dancing, some are flirting. Anna's literally fighting. And- I know. That was so excited for her. I'm like, yes. <laughs> But it's this really cool way that like the 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 lifestyle and the way that Sector 4 is kind of created mm-hmm. allows them. It really kind of is like we know so much about Sector 4. But in this story, it literally just functions as kind of like a, a, a mood board mm-hmm. on which all of the desires of their aid can be like expressed. It's mm-hmm. like literally just their kind of gateway drug into all of the different things. And so watching how each girl interacts with that and it's. Some are ready to go right off the bat. The others are like, I'm going to sit in this couch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to sit in this booth and like maybe have a beer. But like, I'm just going to sit here and look at this table. (laughs) Others are already on the dance floor. And at the same time, they're always talking about and thinking about and bringing up and communicating the members of their family that aren't there and the members of their community that aren't there. And so they're continuing to plant those cross community Mm -hmm. kind of seeds in terms of the narrative of like, you know, postulizing and thinking about what certain people would or would not think or do Mm -hmm. in these new situations Mm -hmm. as they're presented to these new characters. And it's always fun to see characters that we have come to know really well interact in a place that we know really well, that those two things have never like come into contact. Right. So like favorite, favorite character, like I loved how Nessa was just like adapting people and you know, she's, taking them away to try on new clothes. And and I love that. And now when I'm like, oh, you got to meet Maricela, uh, because I think they have so much in common. They're both the sort of uh, pampered princesses on which who had so much pressure. So I think they would really bond and understand each other. So I was like, oh, this is fabulous. Because it's like all our people meeting each other. Because yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dallas and Lex know everybody. But a lot of these second tier kind of characters they don't know everybody and so i sort of like oh yay swoosh get to know each other and now they're gonna go hang out with lily and jared next time apparently so i'm like woo (laughs) yeah it's really great it's very much so feels like those old like 90s tjf style like when the cast of Sabrina and the cast of Boy Meets World would, like, do a crossover event together and, like, the entire world stopped. And it's just, like... Hey, my favorite very... my favorite Nancy Drew stories were the Nancy Drew Hardy Boy stories. So it's... Right? It is all... Because it's always fun to see IP members. Like, that's mm-hmm. part of... I mean, the MCU has a lot of issues. But that's one thing that makes the mm-hmm. MCU so fun is that there is so much of that cross connection and stuff. And so... Like it's we as readers can see the parallels between like six and Anna mm-hmm. or between like, 
you know, Nessa and some of the other girls that we've seen, but Trix and some of the other mm-hmm. girls that we've seen in Sector 4. And, but like, it's fun to watch the characters within world realize some mm-hmm. of those connections mm-hmm. as they like get to know one another. And so like mirrors come up and foils come up and it's just a lot of really interesting and fun like character play that really doesn't like you don't see a lot in like pro pubbed mainstream mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. because it's just you know nothing actually like happens <laughs> no they, they they went to a bar and hung out and watched some people fight <laughs> yeah like what happens in the story i don't know stuff like some people drink some people stuff like that's the whole point of the story but it's also so much fun and it's that mm-hmm. perfect kind of behind the scenes look that is the like whole point of these stories yeah absolutely so if you haven't read it i can't wait till you do (laughs) and then which brings us to our last story which is just called gia Mm -hmm. and is about the lady herself the woman of the hour this is another story that i won't speak for anna but i know that i have just been like waiting you can for speak for me semi patiently <laughs> like I know that we have all you know Gia has had her finger in almost every proverbial and non-proverbial pie in the okay world <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry this may be the bluest we've ever worked on this podcast but I'm just saying we have seen Gia pop up in so many different oh. situations and with so many different characters that to see her own story was just so satisfying. It's Monday and it's been a trash day, so I am I'm all for this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Gia, ah, I, you know how much I love that Gia and Lily were facing off against on a table together, and it wasn't ugly. It was just actually really gentle because Lily sort of has to. Tell Gia, you're not fooling anybody, uh, least about Tatiana. So <laughs> I'm going to help you with your little soap problem. and <laughs> You're going to help me. Mm-hmm. And maybe you should talk to Tatiana um, because <laughs> you really should. And so I just love that. I love that um, because Jared and Gia and Ace all mean so much to each other. And it can also so easily be a distancing thing uh, where like you're Jared's person, not my person. Um, and that there's, it's like a little branch. You're like, Gia's going to have another friend and it's going to be someone she doesn't have to take care of uh, because that's what she likes to do. She likes to take care of people and fix people. And um, that's going to be really lonely. And I think it's really powerful that um, a Jared shares Lily with her that way that sort of, sort of like, I think you guys would get together and that they just have that moment because that's a very vulnerable moment for Gia and it's so safe with Lily. And this is a really great um, kind of installment in or example of the way that Brie and Don are able to write conflict that's not cruel, mm-hmm. but that and that's deeply compassionate to both sides of where the hurt has come from or could or could come from in the future, like where people's guards are up and why while also making it so clear that these two people could and will be like such good friends. Mm -hmm. Like once they can kind of clear the air and get over this hurdle, which I think will greatly be assisted by, as you were saying, Gia clearing her shit and (laughs) realizing what's going on and stop trying to use Lily as a front for flirting (laughs) with Tatiana. Um, You know, that they clearly have so much in common if – Nothing else, the way and the intensity with which they love and care for Jared mm-hmm. and Ace by mm-hmm. an extension of mm-hmm. that. Um, and so there's very much so this 
kind of message, this reinforcement of the message that like you can have your people and other people can have your people. And like there doesn't have to be this like competition or this jealousy or this deep seat. You know, there are ways to address that, confront that and move on from it to build something that's way more productive, including an independent friendship that has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with Jared Mm -hmm. other than the fact that he kind of first facilitated it. Yeah. And I love that idea that Gia's not out in the cold. I think... You know, she's never going to be a joiner, so she's never going to be an O'Kane. Uh, she respects Dallas for what he's been able to give the people he, she loves. Um, but this is sort of a moment where you see that that doesn't mean that she's outside, um, that they are going to take care of her, too. And it's, and that's a really interesting reflection, I think, on the O'Kanes. Not that it's surprising, but I think that Gia is one of, like, the only people, the only characters, really, that we see kind of hold out like mm-hmm. that who we see that at this point in the series hasn't become an O'Kane, either by taking ink or like explicitly marrying into and kind of declaring (laughs) fealty (laughs) to the O'Kanes. She really is kind of like the only holdout. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she is still in that position and has said no so many times in so many ways to so many people, and yet they still... She's still under that kind of umbrella Mm -hmm. of the family and of the group, like says something about both Gia as willing to break down some of that. Like, because I think Gia knows, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Gia's Mm -hmm. not an idiot. Gia knows that she is in in practice an O'Kane, if not in name, kind of an O'Kane. And so I think that there's some bending on her part Mm -hmm. a little bit sometimes Mm -hmm. to kind of accept that. I think sometimes it might grate a little bit against her. Right, because she's the one who takes care of people. And the fact that people want to take care of her does require her bending. Um, But that they also respect her need to do that and let her be that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really the thing is that it's this... all the cards are on the table and everybody is aware of kind of where the boundaries are and they've managed to draw boundaries each other that are soft enough to include one another Mm -hmm. while still being firm enough that everybody feels independent who needs to feel independent and everybody feels interlocked who needs to feel that way and it's just a really um, you know beautiful like I feel like obviously Brie and Donna will continue to write these like Patreon Mm -hmm. shorts but For it being the last one that we're talking about today, it really feels like kind of a crowning like pin in Mm -hmm. the pyramid of like Mm -hmm. all of these different stories and all of these different branches and relationships that we've watched form over the course of these, you know, 13 plus books, if we're including the Gideon's Mm -hmm. books. And so it really feels like the ties of all of that in that Gia is is the embodiment of the way that the O'Kanes build family Mm -hmm. and the way that the O'Kanes build community. And I just... Like, I was just so glad that we got to be in her head some and Mm -hmm. got to see what that's like for her from her own point of view for the length of an entire story. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Donna and Brie, for giving us Gia and um, giving us this journey. I mean, it's been amazing to get to read all of the books again in one year. I'll read them in order and talk about them deeply because... You know, these are books that mean a lot to me. And it's been just really great to really just sink into them uh, and remember like, yeah, these books are awesome. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much, Anna, for being willing to do this. This was literally, it was literally just sh- <laughs> like shy of a year ago that yeah. we were putting on Twitter. We were manifesting mm-hmm. this entire experience into existence. And it's really the first time I've ever done anything like this in terms of taking a single 
series or author's work and spending an entire year really digging down and looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least not since I was like an English major. And Lord knows we were not reading <laughs> Beyond Books when I was getting my English degree. So to be able to do that with a subject material that we both love and care about mm-hmm. and respect so much and to hear from all of you listening how much you've enjoyed kind of doing this with us and to have this project exist kind of in its entirety wrapped up with the mm-hmm. okay and kind of bundle feels really nice now granted we sound like we're getting very maudlin and we're like saying final goodbyes we do still have some plans in the future we will be here when shit it's deal with the devil librarians what's it's actually called deal with the devil thank you <laughs> deal with the devil when that comes out in i believe february right february 2020 i i think so i don't remember if they moved it or something i don't know i don't know guys publishing is weird but as soon as it's out we will be reading it and doing an episode and we do have plans to sit down with Bree and Donna, but we do not know for sure when that is going to be. We are just letting Bree and Donna get back to us, but we are not going anywhere. So as soon as they are ready to answer questions, we will be more than ready to ask them. And if you're listening at a time where the big uh, sort of charity bundle is available, check that out. Support uh, Donna well uh, with all this medical bills and unexpected stuff. Uh, I know that you guys care about her the way we care about her. So Thank you for, if anything, just retweeting. Yeah, link to the bundle will be in the show notes. It's got got just a a truly obscene number of authors Mm -hmm. and novellas and full novels. And it is, they're asking for $10 or whatever you can spare, but it's an it's easily worth probably mm-hmm. hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. in terms of the amount of content inside it. So like Anna said, even if all you can do is go and retweet that so the sp- it spreads a little bit further, we would certainly appreciate it. Um, yeah, friends, thank you guys all for going on this journey with us, as always. Um, do you want to tell them where they can come find us on the internet, Anna? Yeah, it's Beyond the Sectors on <laughs> WordPress and Beyond the uh, Beyond Sectors on Twitter. And we will always be here, friends, more than ready and willing to talk about the Beyond books with you all. But until we do meet again, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you Beyond the Sectors. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, no, I'm kind of sad. I know, right? Oh.